Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Yeah, you're very welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we'll bring you inside CES 2024 to hear what the big brands unveiled this week in Las Vegas. I'll head to the RDS to meet students who took part in the BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition and we'll bring you the tech stories you may have missed from the week. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. Uh, it's the second week of January, so it's only right that we start with CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. 130,000 people descended upon Sin City to walk the floors of hotels, function rooms and convention centres to see what the next big thing in tech will be. Derek Riley of Nevo.ie was there and he's with me now. Uh, Derek, how's the jet lag? Yeah, interesting, Jess. Thank you very much. You did warn me about it and it is, yeah, it's a... Uh, and as you say, it's not just the time difference. It's 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 a lot of walking around and it's a lot of go, go, go. And then your body is like, oh, you're sitting down for another couple of hours. Let's see what happens there on the flight. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's an overwhelming experience because not only are you in Las Vegas, which is very exciting, not only are you seeing loads of technology, you are walking, talking and on an eight hour time difference. So it's a lot. But I was following you on Instagram and I saw that you were at pretty much every big brand's uh, press conference when it comes to EVs. So where do you want to start? Yeah, please, if we can start there. It was on release on Media Day, which was the Monday, if I remember correctly. And what they're getting into is commercial vehicles, kind of kind of a modular platform where you can change the body on the vehicle. So they're calling it PBV. And when this was originally announced, I was got the wind of this back in Frankfurt a couple of years ago when I went and see one of the concepts and it was called um, Purpose Built Vehicle. But they've changed the title and that's slightly now it's a practical platform beyond a vehicle. Apologies. And they're looking at three different streams. They're looking at uh, vehicles that are going to work with utility companies. We're looking at vehicles that are working with ride sharing. And we're looking at vehicles that are going to be working with logistics companies. And sorry, this is a huge area that I suppose we've seen a, a lot of movement in terms of EVs in the commercial space. So the, the, this is there's definitely a market and an appetite for something like this to be developed and fleshed out more fully. For sure. And it's the simplicity and the practicality and businesses who want to transition to electric vehicles just want, give me something that can lift this, has this space in it and can do this in range. Uh, and Kia, yeah, they've definitely done something different where they've worked with the likes of robo uh, taxi companies or taxi hailing companies or ride sharing companies to say what you actually want from a vehicle and designing it from the ground up. So very early days, very concept, but they have everything from really little small ones called a PV1 which would take your last mile delivery and slide it out of the back of a bigger van and it goes into the back of this little smaller little van and then it scoots around the town all the way up to pickups, high roofs, robo taxis. And on the day we got to see the PV5, going to have a video up on my channel, but yeah, interesting to see Kia going into that space uh, and to have the expertise of part of that Hyundai group to have the battery technology, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that is interesting and exciting. Last year, we spoke a little bit about um, some of the commercial operators here in Ireland who have embraced EVs. And I suppose it does come down to logistics and the bottom line as well. Is this all still very early doors in terms of proof of concept, uh, meaning we don't have any price indication as of yet? 
no prices at all. Don't even, we don't even know the platform that it's going to be on. So currently that Kia Hyundai Genesis uh, group used what's called the eGMP platform, but there wasn't a mention of this at all. So it looks like it's going to be the next generation of uh, electric vehicle platforms across Kia and Hyundai. Okay, well, look, I suppose it's good to see that they're thinking and working in this space. And I guess we will obviously stay tuned and see what happens next. Uh, what, what was the most exciting of the press conferences that you attended? Well, you chatted about it last week, Jess, and you were looking and following me on LinkedIn. I won't say stalking. I'll just say that you were monitoring what I was doing and talking about. Uh-huh. And you said flying cars. Yes, I remember. And, and so, as you know, at CES, sometimes things clash and I had to not be at one launch to be at this launch. And I'm very happy. I won't tell you what brand I didn't go along to. But um, so we were there with a company called Supernal. S-U-P-E-R-N-A-L, again, part of that Hyundai larger group. And this is their electric vehicle takeoff and landing uh, service. And they had set up a valley port, which is where vertical takeoff and landing vehicles will uh, be positioned and look like. And so this is kind of like a mobility hub. And this could be placed on top of a building or beside a building or out in the remote area. And it's where you could go to charge your car, but also get a vertical takeoff and landing uh, autonomous air mobility unit that flies you into city or the last bit of your journey, etc. So they'd set up a valley port with a control center and we got to see their new concept SA2 vehicle, which was a pilot for passengers, uh, rotating blades. Blades obviously rotate, but what I mean by that is they go from a horizontal position to a vertical position. So as it's landing, it swivels. And so uh, if you are at the US uh, football game in Crow Park uh, recently, uh, overhead you saw these military vehicles called Ospreys. You see them in all the movies, Transformer movies, etc., where they have the propellers that are over them when they're looking to go up and down, and then it rotates behind them to go forward and back. This is like a passenger version uh, of this. Very interesting. Okay, stupid question time. Um, Looking at it, does it look safe and comfortable and like something that you would be willing to get into without having to sign your life away? Great question. And what they've done is that they've worked with all the uh, air authorities, airline authorities, airport safety, sorry, airline safety regulations from around the world, because number one, air transport is the safest form of transport in the world. Um, But when it does go wrong, it definitely does go wrong. And what they've done is because there's eight motors, they've built in redundancy, the manufacturing is strong, uh, etc., So they're thinking about your exact question, and it's not a stupid question at all. People saying, do you know what, will I get into this to get the next crossover Dublin City or whatever it may be? So it won't be huge miles, won't be huge ranges, but yeah, they've thought about the safety aspect of it, the manufacturing of it, the strength, etc., etc. But what was interesting, Jess, is they didn't talk about autonomous there is going to be a pilot in the vehicle. So they didn't go that one final step because AI and autonomous vehicles and driving was a huge part of CES this year. Yeah, let, let's go to AI now because um, we were talking last week previewing the event and there was some speculation as to how slash why different car manufacturers would want to integrate chat GPT functions or generative AI functions into a car. Uh, so what did we learn on that front? So a couple of brands are definitely going down this line of that AI. And it was exactly what you said, that language modeling. I didn't understand what it was going to be and where they're going to go with it. So my very first conference on the Monday morning at 8 a.m. was with Volkswagen and Serence, their partner. So not looking to do it internally themselves, the large manufacturer. So Volkswagen and this company called Serence 
And what they've done is they've put ChatGPT into the vehicle. Couldn't understand last week what it was going to do. And I think, Jess, you were ahead of me on this. And it was very much about contextual, natural language uh, and using that large language model, that LLM outside of the vehicle in the cloud, if it needs to, a lot of processing will be done on the car. So Jess is driving along and she uh, activates the voice assistant and says, I'm feeling cold. It then understands it needs to turn up the temperature, but specifically in your part of the car. So if it's got a full car, my side, if I'm in the passenger front or the rear. So, I, hey, I'm feeling cold and it'll increase that. A lot of cars kind of do that now, but you can then ask it, uh, ask the vehicle to say, yeah, you might be driving around a new city. You might be down in Galway. You don't know anywhere around. And you might say, uh, I'm actually I'm interested in some. Um, what's the best pizza in Galway? Mm. And just asking it that, it knows it needs to get you to an Italian restaurant or a pizza restaurant. Uh, and so you're not looking for a specific place or time. You're actually saying, give me the feedback on where the best pizza place is in Galway. And it'll be able to actually serve that up to you contextually, uh, whether the place is open or not, how busy it is. Like really, really interesting demo as well. But on that front, because when we spoke about it last week, I was thinking about it afterwards and I do, like one of the questions I always ask you is when new technology is integrated into a car, is it something that is actually going to help the driver? Is it a cool thing just to have? Or is it going to go down the route of distracting in some capacity? Do you get the impression that this is going to enhance the interactions that drivers are already having to a certain extent with their in-car tech uh, by just taking away, you know, the key activation words or maybe having to interact with touchscreens and so on? I think it's going to make it and you're going to get into a vehicle like this, get used to how to use it. And then you're going into an older model or an older generation or different manufacturer. And you go, oh, my God, it's so difficult to use this vehicle because I'm so used to that uh, natural speak, understanding what I'm talking about rather than the key command words. And like I'm as as bad as anybody or as good as anybody with regards to dry, jumping into a vehicle and trying to figure out how to do this, that another. Uh, and so the ones that make it easy for me as a driver you're going to start to keep those audience, keep those clients and keep those buyers of vehicles because they get used to how easy it is to interact with the car. And I think it's a smart play by Volkswagen and others because it's all about making it easy. And that driving at automotive spaces that, that the last great frontier because home is pretty much starting to be captured and taken over by smart TVs, smart assistants, smart speakers, etc. The car was really the last place where you spend a lot of time that these technical technological manufacturers, technology manufacturers hadn't really grasped it. And I think CES this year really started to show what the possibilities were. Mm, we've spoken before about, um, I think it was BMW who, I'm sure loads of cars do, but you know the, the app so that if it's a cold morning, you can go into the app before you leave the house and turn the seats on and whatever. And the impression that I get from what I've been reading from CES is that a lot of the brands are trying to do that thing where your car is no longer a separate entity from your home. That, you know, if you're doing something in the house, your car will be able to facilitate it to a certain extent and you can get more done, I suppose, regardless of whether you're on the road, at home or in the office. I'll give you an example of it. It was at the Bosch, which was the second or third press conference on the first day, and they've partnered with AWS. So huge cloud server, huge computing power. Um, driver monitoring is a huge thing in making sure that they're gaze, that they're not nodding, that they're not yawning. And they give an example of somebody driving along home and it starts to recognize that you're sleepy. 
the car will communicate with your coffee machine in your kitchen so that when you pull up, it will have the coffee ready for you because it knows that you're tired. It will prompt if you start to say to the car, bring me to the nearest coffee shop, it will say, don't worry about it. We've already got coffee for you at home. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that now. I don't know. I, I like I don't know what I think. Well, what's like, do you want that kind of level of input from your vehicle? It was, yeah, it was an interesting example. And like, I, I get tired, like most people, uh, not today, but mostly towards the evening. So if I'm driving home, the last thing I want is at eight or nine o'clock at night to have a coffee presented to me because I'll never sleep for the night. But I suppose that's how the car understands the driver, but also the car can speak then to your, uh, and it'll get to the stage where it'll connect with your um, heating system in your apartment or your house where it knows that you're on the way home rather than you having to do it. It starts to learn that, okay, when Jess comes home at eight o'clock uh, on a Saturday night, she likes to have the house at 21 degrees mm-hmm. and it understands all of that. It just does it. And now, as you said, is it taking away control? Is it not? But this is what CES is all about and understanding the capabilities. It's such a huge show and with electric vehicles and whether it's electric vehicles or autonomous vehicles or what a, a terminology that I haven't used before in the past, which is software defined vehicles. A lot of this kind of stuff is starting to happen. And yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I think. This is probably something that if we listen back to this interview in five years time, we'll laugh at our naivety at questioning the value of something like this, because I do think we're going to see more of that connected home approach to a connected life approach. And it probably will just become the norm. And I do think uh, voice activated technology is going to be or voice communication and interaction is going to be a huge part of it. Um, You mentioned about the autonomous vehicles there is... Was there much of a focus on that? Because we're still a while away in Europe anyway, from a legislation point of view, to this becoming the norm. So has it dwindled a little bit or were there still some trying to push it? No, it definitely dwindled for sure. The autonomous stuff wasn't there. It was more about, okay, we've got a driver or a purchaser of a vehicle. How do we make his, her or their life easier, better, um, so, for example, because an electric vehicle does not less noise in the because there isn't a combustion engine that you, that they'll be rattling away in the front or the back of it. So now sound is a huge importance. And I was lucky enough to visit the Dolby house on the strip and they have partnered with Lotus. And so when you purchase a Lotus Electra, it's Dolby Atmos that's inside in it. And so if you're if you're a sound file, you, you understand audio file you understand the importance of quality, immersive experience. And so that autonomous stuff wasn't really, it was very much more about how you live and how you interact with your vehicle, but also your home. I wasn't there to look at the TVs and all the other tech that was there, but in a vehicle sense, it was amazing to listen to how Dolby Atmos said, you know what, we've got Dolby Cinema, we've got Dolby Picture, we've got Dolby Atmos, and people listen to music the most in their vehicles. Mm. People stream podcasts the most in their vehicles because it's that, bridge of home to work or other places around. It's not dead time. People are filling it with music or whatever it may be. And when you see the likes of a Lotus partnering with the Dolby, and it was the same for Fisker, uh, which is another brand, and they're partnering with Panasonic. So I really got that feeling of, okay, how are we going to make things better, but what the consumer actually wants? And we had a bit of conversation about this last week with regards to head-up displays and, and and, and visibility and interacting with the vehicle. Voice is huge, uh, mm. and we're definitely seeing that there's less buttons, and so there's there's going to be a happy middle, middle, middle ground. But autonomy and driving autonomy, not a lot of it. 
it was more about the functionality. Hyundai had their Ionic 5 where the wheels could turn 90 degrees. So you could literally drive up to a parking space, press a button and the wheels would turn and then you could literally parallel park straight in. I know this is all terminology that you're going to get now, Jess, when you do get mm-hmm. your driving license, but um, it, the, the three-point turn, all that kind of stuff, yeah, it's uh, it was... It was a lot, but I'm so glad I went um, to see the future. And as you say, we listen back to this conversation in a couple of years time. We're like, and the likes of the Supernal, the the, the Evital, to be at that launch and to, in five, 10 years time to be able to take that uh, from Dunleary to, to the airport or whatever it may be in Dublin to go, do you know what? I was at that show and I was able to experience that straight off. Yeah, no, it is incredible. And I suppose I was reading a piece in The Guardian questioning the relevance of CES anymore, particularly when some of the big manufacturers, as we touched upon last week, don't go anymore. But I do think when you see innovation like that, like what you've just described there is innovative and there's no question about it. Uh, so I do think it's, it is an important event in the tech calendar. And uh, as tired as you sound now, it does seem like you had a very good time. Yeah, it was 100 years this year, so they were celebrating that. So this started all back in the early 1900s because it was the Radio Association of North America. So people manufacturing and, and in that radio space, so you can see in 100 years and then a whole billboard up as to how technology has progressed. And it's just 100 years when you think about it, maybe one or two generations, it's been absolutely phenomenal. So the relevancy, and I think the people that are putting it down, the manufacturers and the technology companies that are they're just jealous that they're not there because it still attracts so there's 100... 30,000 people. Media Day was absolutely mental. And from every part of the world is because it's all in one place. And whether it's the smaller startups all the way up to the large multinationals, you know, the ones that want to be there and have that innovative, like we were there with so on the Sony stand, which is a huge organization. Uh, and they had their AEV concept that they have put into partnership with Honda. And they've been doing that the last couple of years. And we've been talking on the show about it in the last couple of years. But then the following day, Honda revealed their concept electric vehicle, the Zero Series, Saloon and Space Hub. And so that just shows you by them partnering together, them working together over the last couple of years, they're able to bring that proof of concept to Honda's concept now, and they're saying by 2025, they're going to have more electric vehicles on the road. Well, look, there is so much to unpack and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about uh, other bits and pieces that you've seen at CES over the last wee while. But people can, of course, head over uh, to your YouTube channel and get more. But for the moment, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie, thanks so much for joining us here on Newstalk. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, so that is the roundup of CES 2024 from an EV point of view. No doubt we are going to get a spate of announcements from big tech companies over the next little while with the big new thing from them, be that phones, fridges, freezers, who knows. Uh, But we will, of course, bring you full reviews as and when we get our hands on the product. And speaking of products, I mentioned it on the show last week, but this coming Wednesday, uh, Samsung is hosting its first event of the year. We're expecting to get new smartphones that are jam-packed with AI if the trailer is anything to go by. We will have uh, full coverage of that here on News Talk. And next week on the show, hopefully we'll be chatting to somebody from Samsung about those new devices and how, where and why AI is such a focus for them. But when we come back here on News Talk, we'll look back at the big stories from the world of tech this week.